Hey, welcome, welcome to Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where every week we highlight an artist and its art. And today, no different than that, we have a very special guest. And before we start, a few housekeeping items. First of all, if you're watching us live, there's a very good reason behind that. We love your interaction. The artists and me, we love when you ask questions, comment, you know, talk about challenges, about the, the, the art itself. So you basically have one way of doing that is either by the comment box if you're watching on social media or on the chat box if you're watching on creativityinfocus.com. That's the best place for you to do that. Uh, the other thing is do share this video. It's very important for us. You know, in the very first minutes of a video is when any social platform will uh, decide if they should show to more people or not. So the sooner you share, the better it is. But leaving comments, emojis, anything on the, on the video also helps with that. Now, this is a podcast, which means it's content only. Nobody's going to try to sell anything. So it's totally safe for you to share in groups that you belong, right? Because you're just spreading the word about this artist. And because it's a podcast, whatever you're watching, it stays right there. So you can tell your friends even to come and watch it later because it doesn't go away. Okay, it's a great way to tell them about needle felting. My guest today is Kiyoshi Minu, a needle felter. Welcome, Kiyoshi. Hello. Hi. Hello, how are you? It's really good to have you here. You know, we are going to, to show here. some of your work, but before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, so I am a needle felt artist. Um, I started about seven years ago, almost eight years ago now, um, kind of by accident. Uh, I discovered it because my wife and I went to a school, sort of a training program for farmers. Um, and at the school, we learned how to raise sheep. So uh, we learned how to shear sheep, how to process wool, and then, you know, various things that you can do to the wool to add value, like spinning and, um, um, and felting. And so we actually had a, a sort of afternoon class on needle felting. And that was the first time uh, I was introduced to it. Uh -huh. And um, I just, for some reason, I just fell in love with it right away. Um, I think I'd never really done much art before, so I'd, I'd never tried sculpture mm -hmm. um, i used to i used to really like to draw as a kid but um this was actually my first time doing any kind of sculpture so cool. i think it was exciting for me to it felt like i you know like drawing in three dimensions mm -hmm. um and that was kind of exciting for me and then i think also it was a really good fit because um i've always really liked animals and, and of course, needle felting is perfect for um, for making any kind of animal because it's basically fur. Um, That's amazing. And so, do you um, raise sheep? So yeah, we we were farmers for um, six years actually. After we we finished this this year long program, uh, we started our own little farm in Central Illinois. Okay. Um, but we actually just had to stop that about. Um, just about a year ago, um, 
So unfortunately, you know, we're, we're not doing it anymore. We just weren't able to make enough money uh, to live on. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we enjoyed it. We, we both really love animals. So it was basically our excuse to, you know, take care of a bunch of animals. <laughs> we, <laughs> we made a little bit of money doing it, but, you know, not nearly enough to make a living off of. Uh -huh. what, what breed of sheep did you have? We had mostly Icelandic sheep. Oh, beautiful. That's very yeah, cool. They're, they're really beautiful. Uh-huh, they are. Let me show some of your work so people really can get familiar with what you do. Oh, okay. okay. And I have, you know, some behind me, too. I can Yes, I want to see those as well. And when I show okay. you the picture, you know, t talk to me a little bit about the process and what inspired you when doing that, okay? Can you, can you see sure. the picture? Yep. Okay. So, so, so what type of owl is that one? So that is called a saw wet owl. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I think is named that because of the, the call, it's call sounded to, to somebody, whoever named it, sounded like a, you know, a saw sharpener or something. Uh-huh. Um, but it's actually, I think it might be the smallest owl in North America. Um, they're... They're actually very cute. They're only about seven inches long. You know, you can just kind of hold them in the palm of your hand. Um, uh, I've actually seen one in, um, uh, at, our, at our old farm in Central oh, really? Illinois, which is exciting. Yeah, I, I've heard they're pretty, you know, rare, but they... I have some pictures um, I took of a saw wet. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you've seen one in the wild, too. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so... Yeah, they're really cute, um, and I made this uh, for as a sort of a model for a class. Um, people wanted me to, to teach uh -huh. a, a class on owls, and I picked this because, well, I like them. I've, you know, I've seen them on my farm, and then um, they're, you know, they're very small, so uh -huh. it's a little easier for, you know, a three-day class for, you know, for a person like to a, do a it. great horned yeah. owl or something. I see. Let's see the next one. What type of bird is so that? that? So that's called a vermilion flycatcher. Um, and these are sort of native to, I'm not sure if you can see them around where I am. I've never seen one, but um, they are native to sort of the western part of the United States, at least. That's and nice. I, I chose this because they're they're relatively common in uh, in Texas, and I was teaching a class down in, at Living Felt in, in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, but and also they're just you know very striking. Yeah, they're beautiful. And the next yeah. one. So this is uh, an indigo bunting, um, and these also this also was for that class down in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen these in Illinois. Um, and these are also just really beautiful birds. That's very pretty. We have a few comments here, uh, Kiyoshi. Maria Folson is saying, I'm just starting needle felting. Is that anything that you okay. learn along the way that helped with the sculpting aspects? Um, so just, yeah, just actually, you know, making the, the shape that is, you know, that is challenging. Um, for me, um, 
the what helps me is just to find as many photographs of the subject as you can from you know all different angles because um, uh, ideally you know you'd want to have you know the, the actual model of what you're making in front of you but uh, so far um, I've never been able to, to have that luxury um, so I mean the next best thing is just to find as many reference photos as you can um, sometimes I'll use like anatomical diagrams like if there's if it's a piece that uh, where the animal has pretty pronounced musculature or short fur um, then you know then you'll need to find some kind of uh, photographs or diagrams that show their their muscles in, a, mm -hmm. um, in an easily visible way um, but yeah um, the other thing is like specifically for needle felting um, you always want to make sure that you've you know felt everything uh, extremely firmly um, so as I'm as I'm sculpting um, I try to you know not do a lot of the, the detailed sculpting at first just do sort of the general shape uh, until I get it pretty firm um, and then you know, start adding the details mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise you um, have learned from experience uh, that if you just, if you kind of make this beautiful sculpture at first, um, but, you know, in the early stages, it's, it's kind of soft or you don't add enough wool, then you're just going to need to keep sculpting it over and over again. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have to add more wool and then like completely redo it. Um, so yeah, specifically for needle felting, make sure you you get the you know the surface and the well the 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 object itself fairly firm, and you add enough wool first before you start doing the detailed sculpting. So you you start with a basic shape of that animal, and then as it gets less and less soft, you start adding details. Correct. Right. Okay. Right, um, and maybe you know not just. You don't have to get the whole animal, but, you know, whatever specific part you're working on mm -hmm. at that time, you know, before you start going into the, like, the, the real little details, make sure that you get it firm first. Okay. So. Can we see the cat behind you? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So this, um, do you want me to maybe move him closer? Or oh, sure. Uh, if you can. Closer? Well, we can see, well, how big is this guy? So this is a life-size, it's a life-size Andean mountain cat. Wow. Um, and these are, are native to South America. Um, they're very, you know, just this very small pocket sort of um, between Chile, Peru, mm -hmm. Argentina. Um, they only live in you know the very um you know upper parts of the andes uh, range so and cold cold temperatures yeah so they have very they're very fluffy as you can <laughs> see um and they're you know about the size of a, a bobcat or something a little bit bigger than a house cat mm -hmm. um but yeah they they're kind of like um a smaller version of a 
a snow leopard. Basically, okay. they they live in similar ways. That's very so. cool. Uh, do you work with armatures? Yes. Okay. Um, when I when I first started out, actually, you know, I'm, I'm totally self-taught. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just you know figuring things out by <laughs> trial and error. Um, and so when I first started out, uh, I was always trying to make everything, you know, completely out of wool, doing nothing but needle felting. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, so I'd make just really. <laughs> legs as firm as I possibly could so that they'd stand. And, um, I found that, well, even, even the pieces that I was able to do just, just like that, mm -hmm. uh, they eventually over time, the, 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 I guess the wool or the felt kind of softens. Um, so <laughs> I'd get complaints by, you know, I'd make a, I made a lot of things for relatives, like, you know, my mom or my aunt or something like that. And they'd complain to me that, oh, the <laughs> the legs have like sagged and, and they don't support the weight of the the animal anymore. <laughs> um, so so it doesn't it, it doesn't work really well because over time the I guess the felt sort of softens. Mm -hmm. um, so after that I, I you know, I started doing art, figuring out how to do armature, and I did that for for every piece after, after that. Uh -huh. after you started the using first that. Year or so. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Maria Fosen is saying the base the base shape really firm. Is that what you said? That explains some problems I had with some of mine. Mm, yeah, yeah. So that will that will help you a lot because um, not only is it important for uh, you know, making it sort of easier to sculpt and save new work um, so you don't have to repeat things. But also, it's very important if you are making things um, sort of the way I do it. I, I you know, I use the undyed uh, sort of core, core wool mm -hmm. um, in the center um, that's a little bit coarser wool usually and uh, that allows it to to felt a little more firm firmly than say a finer wool um and also uh usually if you just buy this sort of undyed wool um undyed coarser wool it's a lot cheaper than say you know if you tried to sculpt with merino or something some nice wool Especially um, when you're dealing with but, bigger animals like the cat, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you want to use a, a, a wool that's relatively inexpensive for something mm -hmm. you know, that big. Um, but yeah, if um, so, you know, I'll make the inner sculpt with the uh, the core wool, and then on the outside, I'll you know I'll use a completely different kind of wool, like uh, merino usually. Mm. Um, because it, it's finer and it, it makes you know, nice looking fur. Um, so if you don't uh, sculpt the inner part very firmly, um, then as you're adding the outer layers, the outer details and um, the fur, or even if you're just you know coloring it with different kinds of wool on the outside, uh, you're going to deform what you already sculpted. Hmm. Um, you know, as as you're adding those outer layers, uh, you know, kind of make big dents or, or whatever in uh, in the sculpture that you just mm -hmm. made. 
That's cool. Now, in, in this cat that you have behind you, uh, does it have short fur? Can I see the length of the fur at all, or is um, it long? I cannot see from here, though. Right, right. Uh, I'll try. Let's see. I'll look at this guy. Uh, here. And you use Merino with this one as well. Yeah, the outside is all Merino. And the eyes, do you sculpt the eyes or are they glass? The eyes are wool too. Okay. It's a gorgeous piece. Kyoshi, uh, oh, is you. needle felting your main activity today? Yeah, so so as I was saying, uh, my, my wife and I had the farm until about a year ago. Uh, and then we just moved. Uh, about three hours away from where we were okay. um, last year. And um, since then, since I don't have to, you know, animals to take care of or a farm to, to worry about, I've been, you know, dedicating myself to uh, my art full time now. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a full time needle felt artist now. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that includes I, this year I've been lucky enough to uh, have a lot of uh, teaching opportunities also, uh, which is something I couldn't do when I was a farmer. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't you know, leave the farm. Uh -huh. um, so now this this past year, I've been doing a lot of, of teaching. So, so you so teach and, and you also sell your pieces, correct? Right. Nice. Okay. That's very cool. Now, I want to show a few more pictures of your work. We have another bird here. Let's take a look. Okay. I, I'm impressed with the wings. I made some birds. Oh, thank you. But never got that close to the wings. It's very cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. So this is a sparrow? So yeah, this is a Eurasian tree sparrow. Um, and there's a, a little bit of a story behind this piece mm -hmm. too, because um, my, my grandmother, uh, who is 95 this year, actually. Wow. Um, she's... Uh, originally from, from China, and um, she lived for a while in Taiwan, and while she was there, she she's very artistic. Uh, I think maybe, you know, I get probably my artistic abilities from her. Um, she she did, uh, for a long time, she did traditional Chinese painting. Wow. Um, and while she was in Taiwan, she had this instructor who was, who was quite... Uh, a famous, you know, Chinese painter, and he, uh, whenever he approved of his students' work, which wasn't that often, apparently, um, like, say, like uh, a landscape or a bamboo grove or something, mm -hmm. he would paint, he would paint these little, these little tree sparrows uh, on his students' paintings, like as a sort of sign of a, approval. Mm -hmm. um, so she has, you know, at least a couple of these paintings with these oh. tree sparrows that her that her uh, her teacher uh -huh. had done. Um, so I made this bird for her. Oh, that's cool. Sort of, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought Kiyoshi was actually a Japanese n name. Yeah. Uh, so my my father is Japanese. Okay. Uh, my mother, my mother is Chinese American. 
Oh, cool. That's so, very cool. So her That's... parents are from China. You go, you have good food from bo both places, right? Both cultures have very yummy food. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like both definitely. Yeah. You know, I I studied Chinese for three years, and wow. I think I can say five words. Maybe. <laughs> but I wouldn't I start there. You haven't used there. it in a while. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was very yeah, young. I, yeah, I had you a forget. boyfriend that was from Taiwan, so I decided to learn. Oh, cool. But it's not an yeah. easy language. Let's see one no, more no. of your I, pieces. See? Uh, yeah, I I studied Chinese in college for oh, yeah? for a year. And yeah, my, my Chinese used to be a lot better than it is now. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, it was it was actually a fantastic experience. Um, I learned I learned to speak a little bit and to write a little bit. And I would go to oh, this okay. uh, instructor to his house and he would put the tea beside beside me but he had the leaves there and i'm from brazil and we uh -huh. usually don't don't oh, drink cool. tea that way so i would never touch it so one day i got there and he said my wife is very mad at you and i was well but what did i do and he said you don't like her tea <laughs> and i said well <laughs> i just don't know how to drink it because it has the leaves <laughs> so right, he, right. he taught me how to do and today that's how i drink tea all the time with the leaves oh, there yeah Okay. Funny. Let's see. This is a. Um, I think it's an elk. Oh, so this is a. Um, it's a red deer. They, yeah, it does look mm. uh, similar to the elks that we have here, um, but this is a a deer that's native to um, Europe and Asia. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I chose this species because uh, I was teaching. I was going to, I used it as a model for a class that I taught in Amsterdam. Oh, uh, cool. Or just, out, just outside of Amsterdam uh, at Atelier Fiber Fusing uh, mm -hmm. this past summer. Wow, cool. Um, and, and how big is so, this yeah, piece? I, I kind of, uh, so I have it here actually. Oh, um, really? Oh, I want to see. I can, I can show you this guy too. What? Yeah. Oh. Oh, there it is. Nice. I don't know if you can Not very see big. It. Very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an awesome. I yeah, have a few so comments. It's pretty little. It's pretty little, yes. Uh, Sharon Cole, details on the birds are breathtaking. And Maria, the chimpanzee you shared the video of was the first time I've ever seen needle felt on that scale. Thank you for your inspiration and sharing. Actually, Kiyoshi, this video, it became a viral video, correct? Oh, I think we lost him for a second. So let's just wait to see if he comes back. And while we wait for that, Camille is saying, greetings from Chile. Please come again. <laughs> well, guys, we are waiting for him to come back. He probably, when he moved the phone, the connection fell. Uh, so we'll wait a little bit for him. But I have uh, to tell you that he's actually coming to Curious Mondo to teach a class. He's going to uh, teach a wildlife cat. So you, it's next year. And I'll give you the dates in a second. It just escaped me. But he'll be here. Oh, there you are. 
the phone. <laughs> so let me, I had two comments uh, for you. Camille, we have Camille Opaka from Chile saying, hi, great inspiration. Uh, Sharon Cohn is saying, details on the birds are breathtaking. And Maria Folson is saying, the chimpanzee you shared the video of was the first time I've ever seen needle felt on that scale. Thank you for inspiration and for sharing. That video actually became viral, well, thank you so correct? Much. Uh, I guess if you could say that. It was, uh, it was featured on a couple websites like um, okay. uh, Lad Bible, um, which is a British website, and, and Daily Mail. Um, wow, cool. Uh, uh, UK, um, and yeah, it did. It did get a bunch of views. Um, so that was yeah, the that first was, time I cool. I saw your work as well, and I was really impressed oh, okay. because you were working on the floor, the floor, and it's a real size chimpanzee, <laughs> yeah, that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was our that was our old little little farmhouse. Okay. Um, so I didn't have I didn't have a table that was big enough for. <laughs> You know, for a, a life-size chimpanzee, so I had that was all, my only option was to work on the floor. <laughs> what happened to uh, that yeah. chimpanzee? So, <laughs> I wish I knew. Actually, uh, <laughs> it, it was I made it for a gallery exhibit in New York City, um, and it it sold um, during the the exhibit. Oh, very uh, cool! It was, it was on. On exhibit for about six months, uh -huh. um, and it, it did sell. Uh, but the gallery wouldn't wouldn't tell me who bought it. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, the, the whoever bought it must have been very private or asked uh -huh. to remain anonymous or something. Um, all they would tell me is that it was uh, somebody who had a, you know, important private art collection oh. on the west coast somewhere oh that's very cool can <laughs> so, you yeah, can you disclose more or less how much it was sold for or an idea um, yeah it was yeah it was uh sold for twelve thousand. okay um yeah but you know because i don't know if you know how most galleries work but they always take a usually a 50 percent commission mm -hmm. so yeah i only saw half of that but <laughs> it's still um, pretty good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it was, you know, needle felting, it takes a lot of time. So mm -hmm. that was, you know, three months of work. So yeah. it was, you know, yeah. not bad. It was more than I usually make for, for a piece. But, for a piece, yeah. Jeannie um, yeah, Hanley is saying, work. awesome work. Cheryl Erickson, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I cannot wait for the class. Uh, Guest 592 is asking, how do you decide how to price your items um so yeah like i said uh needle felting takes you know longer than than most art mediums so you have to it's very important uh, if you want to do this you know for you know, at least for a living or at least part of your living um to you know make sure that you're paid enough for your labor um and it'll it'll take time like you know i've been making you know, a little bit more for for my pieces like um uh, you know every year mm -hmm. but um you know e even e you know you want to make sure that you're making like the you know 
a certain amount per hour of work that you put in mm-hmm. you know? uh, and then it's not like you know below a minimum wage or or, or you know a livable wage and and so, i sorry i think it's important to highlight that you're sculpting with wool because it's very easy for people to think oh it's just wool and it just costs this much per ounce and try to base on that right yeah no so if if i just base it off that my my pieces would be you know like 20 bucks or something mm-hmm. the the materials are a tiny fraction of, of uh you know the um the value uh just you know it's all labor mm-hmm. uh because it's really they they don't weigh very much. It's really not that much wool in each in each piece. Mm-hmm. Um, even the chimpanzee was maybe like twenty twenty five pounds or something. Um, so yeah, you have to think in terms of how many hours you're putting in. You know, try to keep track or or at least estimate, mm-hmm. and then you know make sure that you're charging enough that you're uh, making a reasonable amount per hour. Okay. And how do you sell your work today? So galleries is one option, right? Um, so yeah, the, the, it's pretty uncommon actually. I've only been in um, a couple exhibits. Uh, there's another two that are happening just um, by coincidence, like mm-hmm. right now, um, and both of them in Boston. Um, but so that you know, these two uh, starting this month. Are, uh, and well, I guess next month are make four, you know, total exhibits for for me actually. So mm-hmm. most of what I I do as far as selling my pieces is just um, by commission. So people will you know have just contacted me um, and asked for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to sell things on Etsy pretty uh, pretty often, but um, I, I never really, with the, the commissions and, you know, the specific requests that people give to me, uh, I, I'm always trying to just keep up with that or catch up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I never really have like, um, extra pieces that are, you know, lying around to mm-hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that I have here are the ones that I've made for, uh, specific workshops, um, and actually, all, all the little ones that you, you see uh, on the shelf here are are going to um, the the gallery in Boston. I actually I actually need to send those right away. Oh really? Um, <laughs> and then, and then um, the Andy and Cat. Uh, there's actually a little story behind that. I, uh, the pretty much the first workshops that I that I ever did were um, in Chile. Um, just just over a year ago um and uh i while i was down um down there in santiago i i met um some scientists that were researching some of the animals that i was you know that i made for for these classes like i made a a puma because those are native to Mm -hmm. to the area and the uh, darwin's frog uh, because that's native to Chile as well. Um, but there was an expert on, um, cats, uh, who I met and he actually, he, you know, he studied pumas, but he was 
actually uh, an expert on the Andean mountain cat, and he worked for this organization um, that's working to conserve them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually the um, the most endangered cat species in um, all of you know the Western Hemisphere, the Puma, North and South America, the uh, Andean mountain cat. The oh, this you know, one. Okay. This guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I met him while I was down there, and he asked me if I could um, make a sort of a mascot for the organization. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> that's that's what what he's for. Oh, so cool. in April they're gonna I'm gonna well sometime between now and April I'm gonna ship it off to them, and they're um, going to sort of present him at this uh, international conference in mm-hmm. San Francisco. That's very cool. That is very cool. So I have a few more comments. He's going to be living in my house for a while. What? So he's going to be living in my house for a while. Oh, really? Until I send him off. I yeah. do but say. usually, yeah. But usually, my point was that I, I don't, I don't usually have pieces, that, you know, just laying around. around. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Usually, I'll, I'll make something and then immediately have to you know, ship it off to somebody. Well, but that's what we want, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a good thing. Uh-huh. Sandy Ward is asking, um, amazing pieces. How do you sign your work? Uh, that's <laughs> a lot of people have have asked me that because I, I I don't really have a way so far um, that I signed um, sign my work. So okay. uh, I've yet to, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I have thought about that. Um, okay you have to figure a way yeah yeah (laughs) but you know i just don't want to like ruin you know i'm always trying to make it as authentic as possible Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't want to like ruin it in any way by writing on it (laughs) maria fosen is saying that she will take a class being taught later this year very excited to learn more (laughs) from you guest 582 how do you determine what your next sculpture will be um, so it's like I said, usually somebody will uh, ask me for a specific thing. Um, but if I, if I, you know, on the rare occasion that I do have sort of freedom to choose, um, you know, I always want to try something different from what I've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to kind of challenge myself and sort of learn new things with each piece um and um i sort of prioritize more the more like endangered species Mm. um you know because you know however much i can i want to sort of raise awareness of of conservation issues and um so so when you have the choice you go more after endangered species to to create awareness right. about those animals, right? Right. It, that's interesting, Kyoshi, because I know y- you had a farm, so you were in contact with animals all day long. Uh, mm-hmm. But most people today, they don't have a lot of contact with animals, especially, of course, wildlife. Uh, and that, right. that causes an issue because they stop caring, you know, out, out from sight, right. out like from mind. Out of sight, out of mind, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an important work that you're doing there. Now, you mentioned 
uh, when we were talking about uh, the signing that you want to be as truthful to the real animal as possible. And even when you mention birds, for example, you know the exact name. How much do you study them before you go into the sculpting part? Uh, well, I mean, I, I study, I study them a little bit as far as, you know, <laughs> academically, not, you know, not too much. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in the, in their conservation status, definitely. Um, and, uh, but, and a little bit about how, you know, how they live. But the main thing is I, I do spend a lot of time, um, you know, studying them visually and, you know, trying to find as many reference photos as I can, um, before I start working, mm -hmm. you know, mostly just Google image, you know, <laughs> uh, just try to find hundreds of pictures from all different angles mm -hmm. and then sort of download those. And then uh, just, I, I sort of constantly have them up on my computer screen as I'm working and just sort of switch, switch photos and, and, you know, look at different, different angles as I go. Okay. Um, but yeah, you do learn a lot from uh, about each animal as you're working on it on things that you, you never noticed before. Mm-hmm. Like little details and things. Well, I noticed on on the video for the chimpanzee, you do pay a lot of attention to the muscles as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, especially on on pieces that are, um, well, on on animals that you know have sort of shorter fur, where that where you can see um, the sort of their muscular definition. Mm-hmm. Then you know, like for for this guy, I didn't really have to worry about that too much. But okay, um, but like for for the chimpanzee, for my my tiger, um, yeah, I had to spend a lot of time um, sculpt just you know sculpting the the muscular first before I could start putting on the fur. On the fur. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Yeah, for like for the chimpanzee, <laughs> I actually found um, I th that their their muscles are actually. Something I didn't, you know, really realize, but their muscles are almost exactly like ours. They're, oh, really? The way they're, yeah, uh, the way that their muscles are laid out and everything. Um, they're just, their legs are shorter than ours um, relative to their body, you know. Mm -hmm. But the, all the muscles are there. They're all the same. Um, so I could actually just look um, at, like, artists, um, like, anatomy books. Uh, for you know that you know the show you know human musculature as reference um, but then I also found um, one thing that was useful is that there for some reason there's a bunch of pictures out there of like sort of bald bald chimps oh um, like chimps that have almost no hair uh, so I was able to like google bald chimpanzees and, and find a bunch of pictures oh. uh, of their musculature that uh, uh -huh. Of their you know of their musculature that way that that's um, funny that's very cool let me show you one more piece that we have here one of my favorite birds the kingfisher oh great yeah so oh, there this is go. um it's called a, a common kingfisher uh and it's native to um europe and asia because again this was for my um my class in the, in the Netherlands this summer. 
Oh, cool. I, I always try to, you know, pick species that are native to the, the areas where, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm doing the workshops. Um, but yeah, so this, you know, we have kingfishers here in the U.S., but that's uh, the belted kingfisher. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. This is the the common kingfisher. So the different. chest that you have Coloration. there is that also the merino? Uh, yeah, it's it's all merino uh, on the outside. Um, except for the, the beak, um, cause you know, I needed that to be firmly sculpted. So that, that's actually, um, well, I got it at living felt. They have this wool called, um, like MC one, which is like a, a hybrid with a Merino sheep and some other sheep with coarser wool. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's a slightly coarser wool, uh, for sculpting and then yeah everything else is merino so so the beak is is the mc1 is also f uh wool yep uh-huh oh cool i thought it yeah, was polymer clay for some a, reason oh no, no um here uh i actually have him right here one second This is a big guy. <laughs> okay. So, wow, that's impressive. But yeah, it's just wool. And you have a little bit of wire there? Yeah, there's a little bit of wire that comes okay. at least part way. That's inside. amazing. But yeah, I guess I'm kind of a, a purist. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> don't like to uh... I, I like needle felting and, <laughs> and so I, I try i guess I, I i like the challenge of trying to to do everything in that one material mm -hmm. agree sort of, you know, sandy okay. we're just saying amazing colors do you ever dye any of the fiber yourself um no i've never actually um dyed my own colors there's you know there's always Luckily, there's all these um, sort of online or brick and mortar shops that mm -hmm. sell wool and so, you know this a huge variety of colors. Um, so that's never been an issue for me. Like uh, at the farm school, um, it was in Massachusetts, and it was maybe just half an hour drive away from this amazing shop called uh, New England Felting Supply mm -hmm. that. Sadly, just when uh, they just closed, oh. but um, while while I was there, I think it was part of the reason that that I got into it was because uh, I had this amazing um, business right there, um, right? You know, every every other weekend, you know, my wife and I would drive down there. My wife like she doesn't like to needle felt, but mm -hmm. she likes to to um, spin and knit. And things oh, like really? That. So. It was great that, you know, once I got into needle felting, all of a sudden I was able to sort of enjoy, you know, share this enjoyment of um, <laughs> fibers, like, uh, knitting stores, <laughs> yeah, yarn stores and things like that, <laughs> which I'd never enjoyed before. Uh, but yeah, this store is actually uh, specifically for, for, you know, felt, felt artists uh -huh. um, and, and spinners, I guess, but they have, you know, this they had this wide variety of, of colors of, of wool. 
Um, yeah. Now I, I, um, I, I get, you know, pretty, pretty much any color I need it, mm -hmm. uh, living felt. Um, but and it's, you know, a similar sort of business. Yeah. Um, and any color that I don't have, it's actually, um, fairly easy to, to mix the colors, just like paint, you know, you can, you can make any color imaginable just by, um, you know, mixing, mixing different colors of wool. Do you use a blending board at all to blend or not? Uh, no, I just use my fingers. Like I bet um, your wife has a blending board someplace. <laughs> I think she does. <laughs> I think we do have some cards somewhere. <laughs> um, I've just never been really. I'm only good at needle felting. I don't, I don't know how to do anything else. I don't. I'm not good at at, at carding wool or anything. Like that. So I I just I just use my uh, my hands. Uh -huh. That's cool. It, it seems. I've tried a little bit of carding and it didn't seem to save me any time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I, maybe I just need to get better at it. I, I bought a blending board thinking, you know, this will do the trick for me. It's going to be easier. And at the end, yeah. just pulling the foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just always go back to, yeah. I just go back to using my hands. You, you mentioned the store that closed and unfortunately that happened to a lot of stores. And I think mm. it's up to artists like you to, you know, putting the, the legacy of working with wool, in, in your case, in a sculpting format, uh, out there. Because, you know, we should have more stories. It's fun that we can all go online and get stuff, but there's nothing like seeing the fiber right in front of you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you can't really tell what color uh, it is looking online. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, true, yeah. true. And and it's just it's fun to to walk through the store and um yeah, just browse. Yeah. You know, one of my secret desires now for a long time is to actually go to Austin and and visit Living Felt because I just for oh, yeah, seeing what place. they do and buying their stuff, I think oh it's it would be so cool to be right there. Yeah, yeah. That's you should go cool. take a class. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I'm gonna be teaching uh, I'm actually going to be teaching the same class that I'm going to be teaching for for you guys. That's cool. There this uh, this summer. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Camille Opazo is saying, "Do you still break felting needles?" Yes, I <laughs> just did today. Actually, <laughs> uh, it happens. It happens. Uh, yeah, it it sucks because it was it was the last needle <laughs> that I had of a specific uh, gauge. Uh huh. Uh, so <laughs> I just have to make do with a, a different one now, but yeah, it, it happens for me. A lot of the time, mostly when I break needles now, it's, um, like, cause I use, uh, one of these wooden handles mm. you know, to make it, you know, a little yeah. easier on my easier, hands. Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is if you drop that, it's, you know, it's kind of heavy. So it mm -hmm. that makes it much more likely that it's the needle will break mm -hmm. if it lands on the tip. Um, but yeah, if I'm making something that has a lot of wire, if I, like, like this guy, um, has some pretty thick armature, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it needs to be pretty solid to support that much weight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you're, if I'm making something with a lot of wire inside, then yeah. You know, yeah. eventually one will break. Pretty likely to break. <laughs> we <laughs> have the needles. picture here of the cat. And I want to show because they can't see on a close-up. 
yeah the the video quality isn't mm. so great i'm sure on my phone but it's a gorgeous cat but, yeah very cool that's, that's this guy so oh, Kyosha, i have one more comment here uh patty palazzi oh she's saying hi from maryland okay uh, oh. Do you have a website where people can see more of your work? Yeah, yeah. Um, my my actual website is right now being updated, uh, so hopefully that that'll be done mm -hmm. um, soon, maybe in the next week or so. Uh, but I do have uh, my Instagram um, page, which is just Kiyoshi Mino Felt, um, and then my um, my blog, uh, which you can just check out on, on the web. It's just uh, kiyoshimino.blogspot.com. Okay. And you have your um, YouTube channel where people can watch the chimpanzee video, right? Right. You can look me up on, on YouTube as well. And I, I have a couple more videos there. I have a, um, a tutorial video, too. Like uh, just a beginner class on how to make a, a simple sloth. Oh, cool! And then, <laughs> and then I have a, a a few more time lapse, just um, time lapse videos of, mm -hmm. of me making the um, the sparrow. Okay. Uh, my you know, my grandmother's sparrow, and then um, a lynx, a Iberian lynx that I made uh, a while back. That's very cool. Kyoshi, any final words for? Uh people that might be interested in start sculpting with wool? Uh, yeah, um, I say, I mean, everybody should try it at least once because <laughs> uh, you might be like me because I had no interest whatsoever in being an artist or <laughs> in needle felting. I hadn't even heard of needle felting until I tried it. Um, and just, I just immediately fell in love. <laughs> so uh, you never know. <laughs> That's very cool. And one last question before we go. Patty Palazzi is asking, can you give me any uh, hints on how to make feathers? Um, yeah, so feathers are actually um, pretty simple. You're just, uh, I mean, there's probably easier ways to do it. Like, um, I think some people would just make like a sheet of felt and, you know, and cut the shapes of the feathers out. Uh, I will just kind of take take a little bit of wool and and just kind of roll it into a general shape of a feather, you know, just with my fingers, mm -hmm. just to start with, and then you know put it on my little felting mat, and and then just use the needle to you know just needle felt it into you know the precise shape that I want, and then you just kind of use the tip of the needle. This goes for you know. It's just like you're making, like you're making a, like a two-dimensional design, you know. Uh, you use the the tip of the needle to sort of pull and push the fibers uh, around on the, on the surface of the mat or um, whatever you're using, and um, until it, you know, makes the, the the straight lines that you want or the shapes that you want, and then you know, you poke the, the surface of it. With the needle to secure the fibers in place um you know it, it'd be easier if i, if I could to show, show you but, but like um yeah it's it's uh so basically i just make each individual feather like that on separately like on the mat 
just mm. as, as if I was making just like a two-dimensional thing. Uh, and then I'll pick it up and, and put it on the, the wing or the bird. And then the wings actually have uh, a little bit of an armature. They have one wire uh, that goes the length of the wing. And then maybe three or four of the feathers uh, have have an armature wire sort of supporting it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, I can actually, I, I can wait for April when you're going to be here. Thank you very much, Kiyoshi, for yeah, your time. Too. I think you inspired a lot of people. And I mentioned April. April is when Kiyoshi will be a Curious Mondo giving a course. We are actually making a wildcat, correct? Yeah, so I was thinking, I'm still, I still am just trying, you know, trying to decide which specific cat I want to make. Uh -huh. But um, I'm thinking either a cheetah or um, a clouded leopard. Um, both of those are very, you know, uh -huh. I think they're, they're just on the edge of, of being considered endangered. I think they nice. both should be considered endangered. They're, they're uh -huh. both have, you know, less than uh, 10,000 remaining individuals and mm -hmm. their you know, populations are decreasing sadly. Um, so either one of those, if, if anybody has preferences, you know, let me know. The that, poll is open. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For which <laughs> wildcat will do? <laughs> that I'm, I'm considering. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, Kiyoshi will be at Curious Mondo on April, let me see, 29th, 30 and May 1st. And the best way yes. for you to... I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. Uh, the best way for <laughs> you is to go to CuriousMondo.com and give us your name and email so you actually get the newsletters when we start promoting the class. If you haven't been to Curious Mondo, just know that when we are live, like right now, when we are live with the course, you can watch the course for free, okay? Kyoshi, thank you so much for being here. It was really fun. And well, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you very much for being here and participating and leaving your comments. Remember, since this is a podcast, it stays wherever you're watching right now. So tell your friends about it. You see, just by introducing them to something new, like sculpting with wool, you might be sparkling you know, that fire inside, like Kiyoshi, with, a, with one course that he saw, he said, okay, I can do this. And from there, he built a career. But not only that, it also creates awareness about animals and endangered species. A lot of good things here. So tell your friends to come watch, and I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thank you very much. All right, thank you.